Hello, Sweet Whispers, and welcome back to the Residual Whispers podcast. Every week, we explore a new haunted location or paranormal occurrence from around the world. I'm your host, Sky, And I am your co-host, Brian. And this week on episode 8 of Residual Whispers, I am bringing you Brian's Whispery Wednesday, where I chose the story of Nu'uanu Pele Lookout, the sacred cliff of gods and warriors in Oahu, Hawaii. Yeah, so as we announced at the end of our last episode, our Lizzie Borden episode, which was a ton of fun, um, this week was Brian's pick. And so he's taking us to a really fun location in Hawaii that he's been to himself, has a lot of connection to, which is really special. And I had the best time researching um, this location this week. It was a lot lighter and a lot a uh, lot more relaxed than the Lizzie Borden story. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so just so you guys know, this was my pick this week because I do, my grandmother, Ka'ule, um, my tutu, if you will, was born on Kauai and her whole family is from Kauai. And so I am partially from Kauai, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and so this place, Nu'uanupele, was especially special to me because... This place has been filmed on, like, Jurassic Park, Lost, like, all. this whole lookout has been filmed on a lot of stuff, but this is sacred Hawaiian ground, and I'm very excited to dive in, and I sent Sky everything, and there's nobody who can tell you a story like Sky. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. Yes, with, with that being said, um, today Brian is definitely going to help me through some of these Hawaiian pronunciations because we want to make sure that we do this location justice. Um, just from reading about it myself, I can tell that it's a very, very special place with special energy. And this is definitely different than any location we've covered before. Um, so grab a warm cup of tea or hot chocolate or some coffee, whatever is your thing, cuddle up and get ready because this is going to be a good one. Settle in and get pal. <laughs> All right, excellent. So the stunningly beautiful islands of Hawaii are known for their rich history and culture. The natives of the islands have passed down the history as well as folklore of the sacred waters, mountains, and valleys for generations and hold these spiritual tales of bravery and creation close to their hearts. One such place is the New Uanopali Lookout on Oahu where it is believed that many souls, including those of gods and goddesses, keep a watchful eye over the island. And some of these stories are actually quite frightening. So um, just so you guys know, uh, Pele is uh, Hawaiian for cliff. Yes, it is. Yeah, so um, Pele. that's where that word comes from, and we'll be referring to the cliff as the Pele, because that's what it's called because there. Because this is a Hawaiian episode. <laughs> so just keep in mind that we're talking about a cliffside. So let's jump right into the history. Can't wait. So the New Uano Pele Lookout is a section of the windward cliff of, okay, Brian, what's the mountain called? Uh, Ku'ulau Mountain. Ku'ulau. Oh, no, wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> Ko'olau. 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 Okay, nice. Um, so that mountain, <laughs> located at the head of New Uano Valley on the island of Oahu. The highway connects Ka- Kailua and- Kailua. Kailua and Kaniohi? Kaniohe. Kaniohe. Okay, I'm, I'm closer than I expected myself to be, but we're, we're working through it, guys. You gotta be Hawaiian. <laughs> um, so it connects those places with downtown Honolulu and yep. runs through the Nu'uano Pali tunnels that have been bored into the cliffside. This area is also the location of the Nu'uano Freshwater Fish Refuge and the Nu'uano Reservoir, so they really take care to preserve this area. 
It is considered a highly spiritual and sacred place to the natives and locals. Um, so Brian, um, I think you were telling me about how the tunnels are actually really intense. Oh, absolutely. So when you're actually on Oahu and you're driving through the tunnels, there are those kind of tunnels that you always want to say with your dad, oh, I'm going to hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> but they're long. They bore through the mountain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what I love most about that pass is because you can be on one side of the island in the mountains and then you drive through the tunnel and then it's totally different. It's raining. So Kaneohe, also known as K-Bay, is a marine base usually. And so whenever I drove up to K-Bay, I would like drive through rain and mist and mountains and green lush. And then I drive through to K-Bay, the rain would be gone. Interesting. Okay, like, so it's almost two different kind of biomes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. very interesting. Wow. Yeah, the tunnels sound like they would give me anxiety. They would, um, absolutely. That's intense. But, um, Nobody knows Sky better than I do, and she would hate <laughs> these freaking tunnels. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it would be really exciting. Because um, I was about to say, there is a photo. As usual, check out all the photos and videos on our website for this post today at residualwhispers.blog. That's residualwhispers.blog. Blog. So the very first photo on the blog for this article um, is a photo of the section, a section of the Pali Highway, um, Paley Highway, Paley. and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's so green, and it just looks like something out of a dream. So, and that beautiful. it really is like I'm very privileged being from Hawaii and having ancestry from Hawaii. Um, I was so connected to it. I really, like, every time I saw the ocean and every time I went over Paley Pass and stuff, like, uh, it was just, it was one of those dreams, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Like, and it was, it felt like I was actually connected to it, which I really love because I am very uh, predominantly white. <laughs> but I am, I am Hawaiian and Native American. And uh, it got drowned out by the Hallies. <laughs> but uh, I, I loved it. It was just, it was this place that just made you feel like that there's history. Right. Like, this is a place for your heritage. Like, yeah. And just like a, a deep sense of peace. Absolutely. Sure. It was so, so peaceful. Nice. I love yeah. it. I love that. So, um, the lookout itself is located above the tunnels and showcases breathtaking views of the ocean. The island of Oahu and Kaneohe. 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 I almost Kebe. Kaneohe. Yeah, as he's referring to his Kebe. It is um, Kebe. So you can see that from the lookout. It is well known for its strong trade winds, which can often reach over 70 miles per hour, which is hurricane force winds at the top of this lookout on this treacherous road. But also, just so you guys know, they also have the only like wind powered windmills and stuff. Are the they're only on this side of the island oh. that get those winds and stuff. Wow! And so there's the whole like even so. Um, this is a little bit um, not safe for work, but um, there is a nude beach on Oahu, <laughs> and um, it actually overlooks the whole windmill plant. Nice. Where you can watch the all the windmills of Oahu. I just Powering. get naked and watch the windmills. You can get naked and you can watch the windmills. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> that but is I, hilarious. It was, I really like it. They're always trying to innovate. There's no plastic in Hawaii. 
Like, it's all reusable. Like, it's so great. Yeah, that's lovely. And that's one of the cool things about them having such a deep connection to nature and their heritage is that they care to take care of it. Um, so maybe some of us could learn a thing or two for that. Anyway, moving hint, on. Hint, hint. <laughs> so originally in 1845, a road was constructed over the pass by the government and encouraged by sugar planters who wanted easy access to the fertile lands on the windward side of Oahu. It became the quickest route to and from Honolulu, Honolulu to Oahu by foot or horseback. And then in 1897, construction began to alter the road to allow for horse-drawn carriages. So they had to widen the road because it was just a footpath at this point. Oh, easily. The tunnels were constructed in 1958, and the highway road that exists today as we know it was finished in 1959, which leads to the closure of the original road that is now used as a popular hiking trail. So that footpath slash carriage road is now just like a popular spot to hike the area absolutely and then there's another photo on our blog of what the lookout looked like at in 1899 which is really cool to see so, residual whispers da blog da blog da blog <laughs> However, Nu'uanu Pele has been a vital past since ancient times, which ancient times in Hawaii are considered the period of Hawaiian history preceding the unification in 1810 by Kamehameha. Because it is a low and traversable section of the Ku'ulau mountain range. The Ku'ulau. Hey, I said that one right. Amen. (laughs) This route attracted settlers who formed villages in the area and populated Nu'uanu Valley, which was a fertile and abundant home. And the ancient Hawaiians populated this area for over a thousand years. And the valley, just so you guys know, like you all have seen the valley in Jurassic Park, in Lost, in like NCIS Hawaii. Such an area. I know. Era. Could you believe Lost? Yeah. Shit. Lost, <laughs> Lost really happened, you guys. I could you believe Lost happened? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but it is all very accurate. Like NCIS Hawaii, like everything, like they're literally taking you to this place. Is this is a very sacred lookout place that has also been used for filming. And so that's kind of where a lot of the back and forth comes from the locals and everybody who was born in Hawaii or has heritage and everything. And even me, I only my tutu is from Hawaii. And, but like, even I am like, Oh, we're just exposing this Valley. Yeah. movies. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely fair. Um, but yeah, this, this area of Oahu has been so important for so long. And until I started researching it, I had no idea how vital this was to the history of Hawaii. But it's the whole reason that um, that whole valley is what it is today is Absolutely. because they crossed over this lookout, this poly, the cliffside, the, the Pele. Pele. Yes, the Pele, the cliffside. And they realized what a fertile opportunity they had to grow their crops and stuff. And now it is what we know it is today. Absolutely. Um, so that's really cool. So on that note, it is even said that Queen Lilikalani. Absolutely. Yeah, amen. That was good. <laughs> A plus, Queen Lilakalani wrote the famous Hawaiian song Aloha Way as she traveled the winding road of Nuuanu Pali. Pa- Pali, gosh, I said that name, but I can't say Pali. Okay. Hey. It's Hawaiian. <laughs> so um, she was a very important queen in the history of Hawaii. Yes, and she was. That song is very important to Hawaiians. And it's one of the ones that most people know and associate with Hawaii. It's a nursery rhyme that we all know. So anybody that loves Lilo and Stitch, everything. So Aloha Oi is basically Hawaiian version of London Bridges. 
and it's very simple. It goes very easy. It's aloha oi, aloha oi, mikeo leone hanu, mikeanu. But <laughs> when London breaks, Aloha, oi, until we meet again. Very beautiful. Round of applause for Brian, everybody. That was absolutely lovely. Thank oh, you for sharing. Props that. to my tutu. Kuule. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, so that song, um, I'm sure you recognized it, is very important. And I read that... Um, Queen Lila Kalani was like at a party on the mountainside there. And as she was leaving, going down the winding road, that's how she came up with that song. So that's a really neat little tidbit. It is. Um, a little bit of American-Hawaiian fusion right there. History. <laughs> so um, the darkest part, so on the other side, let's take it to a much less pleasant uh, point. <laughs> the darkest part of Nu'uanu Pele's history is that it is the site of the Battle of Nu'uanu, one of the bloodiest battles in Hawaiian history. In 1795, Kami, uh, Kami, King I had it. Kamehameha. Kamehameha. <laughs> in 1795, Kamehameha sailed from his home island of Hawaii with an army of 10,000 warriors, which included a handful of non-Hawaiian foreigners as well. Kamehameha had already conquered Maui and Molokai, and his goal was to unite all the Hawaiian islands to become the Kingdom of Hawaii. So basically, what we know it as today. The pivotal battle occurred in Nu'uanu Valley when the defenders of Oahu, led by King Kalanakupele, whoa! Yes, that was good. Hey, Kalanakupele, oh, she nailed it. I y'all. got it, y'all. She nailed it. Hawaiian stamp of approval. <laughs> so, um, okay, sorry. Go. Uh, we'll say that again. The pivotal battle occurred in Nu'uanu Valley when the defenders of Oahu, led by King Kalanakupele, were driven back into the valley and trapped on the cliffside. Mm-hmm. Kalana Kapele's men were forced to their death off the cliff, yeah. either by jumping or being pushed. After the battle, a Hawaiian chant was recited as a sign of respect to the lost warriors, but is believed many of their souls remain on the Pele. Kama, uh, Kamakamea. King Kamakamea. Uh, brought, Kamehameha. Kamehameha. Gosh dang it. That's like the easiest one. I, I he, got this. he is the King Kamehameha. Kamehameha brought Oahu under his rule at this point and achieved his goal, becoming the first ruler and conqueror of Hawaii. In 1898, during the reconstruction of the first road, 800 skulls were found by workers, believed to be the remains of the fallen warriors. It is said that some of the remains were given to museums, while others were left where they were found and covered up by the dirt and rock from the construction. So there's a lot to unpack here, y'all. There was a battle... Which, just on Kamehameha's side, had 10,000 warriors. Just exactly. on his side. And they pull up on Oahu, and they're like, let's go. And they battle with Kalana Kapele's men who are trying to defend Oahu and exactly. its independence. Because Kalana Kapele ruled Oahu, and Kamehameha started on the Big Island. And so, when he set out, and he conquered, and my props to Kamehameha. I am a Hawaiian that will proudly rep Kamehameha. <laughs> because, uh... I have to give the man props. He literally was the conqueror and united Hawaii. But he did it in a very scandalous way. He was united with the king of England. 
and it came from a lot of controversy and even a lot of natives and locals and stuff still talk about like oh like what would happen if we were like still with england like blah 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 Mm -hmm. but i uh I find it fascinating. Yeah, that is really interesting. And honestly, um, when you look at the the photo of him, that's a painting of him that we have on the blog. Um, I don't know the Residual way Residual Whispers dot blog. The way he's dressed is definitely not traditional or anything like that. So you could see that maybe um, his mind English and goals influence. were other. Yeah, yeah. English influence. But I'm sure he still not to say he didn't care about his heritage and all that. Um, as we said, they sang this classic Hawaiian chant to um, just be respectful to the soldiers that they had just forced off a cliff. <laughs> so uh, he I, he had a goal in mind, and he was going to. I mean, it. it's kind of like it's like a civil war, basically. Like, you can't be someone that's, like, at that time, you were either on Kamehameha's side, or you were not. And a lot of locals and natives, like, that's the side to be on. Like, we want to still be the heritage of the island. Right. And and when I was looking into him, no, it didn't really seem, at least from what I saw, that there was a lot of negativity about him. No, Um, absolutely They actually referred to him a few times as Kamehameha the Great. He is Kamehameha the Great. He was like Genghis Kong. And I can say that because I'm Hawaiian. (laughs) (laughs) But he was definitely kind of Hawaiian Genghis Kong. (laughs) Yeah, you said that everyone in Hawaii is... So it's very, very common for anybody who's of born descent from the islands or on the islands or has family. You are descendants of Kamehameha. Yeah, so he got to work. Yeah, he (laughs) did. He was a busy man. (laughs) So, um, but it's really interesting too. 800 skulls are found many years later during the construction of the road that had just been left at the bottom of this cliffside from the men who had died there. And um, yeah, they they donated some of the skulls, but they also just took some of the rubble and dirt from the road construction and covered up some of the remains and left them there, Um, which I feel you could have mixed feelings about. On one side, it's like, they were respectful enough to maybe have the forethought not to disturb them and let them rest where they rest. But also, I mean, I don't know, Brian, what is your viewpoint on? I Coming from someone of a place with ancestry and connection to it, I definitely can see the distress of the like unrested and stuff, which very much ties into the story of the Night Marchers, the Hokepo. Like, and that is the only Hawaiian word that I'm very insecure about pronouncing, uh, the night marchers. Um, I'm not going to pronounce it again because, <laughs> uh, I think I'm doing it wrong. So, <laughs> but I think that it's like what we talked about Pavalia, like leave it alone. Like don't touch it. It's very like it has significant ancestral history. It's sacred ground. So you think that it was the better idea that they left them there? Yes. Yeah. I do. I agree. I absolutely do. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just better not to disturb them. And I'm not sure what you're going to do with them otherwise, but to leave them where they lie. So I don't know. It's an interesting situation. It's true. Um, The warriors march whether you like it or not. Right. Interesting. So... Because of this battle and the many ancient legends that surround the Pele and Nu'uanu Valley, it is considered a hotbed for paranormal activity today. A local storyteller by the name of Joe Panuhu? Panuhu? 
<laughs> Joe Punahou. <laughs> uh, Punahou? Uh, it's not Punahou. Okay, so a local storyteller by the name of Joe <laughs> says... Shout out to Joe. <laughs> yes. Um, the Paley is where the, na- the... And I really love this quote. The Paley is where the natural and spiritual worlds touch. And as humans move further into the valley, bringing light and noise with them, the spirits are forced to find silent refuge higher up in the mountains. This is one of the possible explanations for why the Paley may be a hotbed of otherworldly commotion. So, Joe, you put that rather elegantly, and I just love that. Yeah, um, I like how he says, natural and spiritual worlds touch. And, it's very Hawaiian. Yeah, and to say that... You know the mountains are have so much paranormal activity because they're trying to avoid the it's commotion of the valley, like literal sacred land. Yeah. So he also advises that those interested in exploring the area should do so with someone familiar, someone who is familiar with the Paley, and to remember that the sacred places such as this one should be treated with respect and honorable intent. So go, don't go there and take your Ouija boards and your EVP recorders. Um, because my ancestors are not going to have it <laughs> at all. So just always remember, if you go visit Hawaii and you check this place out, just give it the utmost respect. You have to be respectful. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's get into, so that's pretty much it for the history um, amounting to the road being created and it being such an important place today. Um, let's get into some of the legends and hauntings of this place. This is different than how we usually do it. Um there's not going to be a bunch of EVPs and photos. This is more about the sacred spiritual lore um, of the type of paranormal activity that goes on there. Yes. So as implied by Joe, <laughs> mountains are important to Hawaiian mythology and are considered the gods do- domain. Two of the main legends of the Pele involve these gods and goddesses. So let's get into it. So there's the legend of the Akua Wahin. Akua Li. Yes, so that means goddesses. Mm. So this story says that two large stones near the back of the Nu'uanu Valley were the goddesses Hapu'a'u and Hapu'u'u. <laughs> and what is the name, Brian? It is uh, Kala Ahiola. Yeah, so these two goddesses took the form of these stone guardians to protect the Pele. Travelers would leave flowers or kappa, which is bark cloth, to ensure a safe trip over the pass, and parents buried umbilical cords of newborns under the stones to protect their infants from evil. Unfortunately, these stones were removed during the construction of the road and everything, but it is still believed that the goddesses keep a protective watch over the land. So they literally took the form of these stone guardians, it's believed. And travelers going over the pass, over the Pele, um, would leave... Um, like offerings, and then also that thing about parents burying the umbilical cords is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the legends. Um, The next one is pretty interesting and is probably, I'd say, from what I could find, the biggest legend surrounding, um, or the, like, folklore surrounding the Paley. So this is the legend of Kamapua'a and Pele. So, legend says that the volcano goddess Pele and the demigod Kamapua'a, who was half pig, half human, fell in love. When Pele found out later that he was cheating on her, she sent a wave of lava to chase Kamapua'a through the valley. He laid flat on the ground and prayed for protection, and the earth and trees rose up to hold back the lava. Rain began to fall and hardened the lava. Pele appeared, and the two finally came to an agreement when they laid claim to separate territories in the area. 
Kamapua said, Let us make this agreement, with the exception of Molokai, where I was defeated in battle, and the Ku'ulau side of every island will be mine. Lush, green, filled with rains. The Kona side of every island will be yours. Dry, arid, and hot. None shall cross into the other's territory. Because of this legend, it is said that you should never travel over the Pele with pork, as it breaks the treaty and angers Pele. Or poi. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So basically, Kamapua said, I'll take the nice moist side of the island, and you can get all the hot stuff since you're the lava goddess, and we'll just make sure we never cross paths again, because she caught him cheating on her. Um, So now, if you take pork over the Pele, it's considered breaking their treaty and angers Pele, so people say that you should never do that for your own safety and luck. Um, So interestingly enough, guys, I found something really cool. So on Tuesday, April 29th, 1947, at 12.45 a.m., so very well documented, down to the time, you guys, a group of five men and women wandered into the police department to report their sightings of an apparition they saw on the Paley after putting this legend to the test. They told Police Lieutenant Philip Chong that there had been discuss- that they had been discussing the paranormal and went to the Paley at midnight, bringing raw pork with them. They parked and waited to see what would happen. A short while later, a young woman came up to the vehicle to alert the group that a large man was sitting on the side of the hill with his arms, quote-unquote, locked over his knees. Each time the car's lights were turned on, the man disappeared, reappearing in a different place when the lights went off. The terrified group then told Chong that the ghost changed his shape to that of an animal. It was a dark night with no moon, yet the group confirmed that they could see the figure quite plainly. They got out of there as fast as they could and drove to the police station. They said that when they tossed the pork from the vehicle, the odor of death and decomposition permeated the air. This led many to believe that the group had seen the manifestation of Kamapua, lucky to have escaped with their lives. And what was so interesting about this to me is this story was actually published in the newspaper at the time. Um, So because they went into the police station and reported it, it made its way into the newspaper. And there's a picture of the newspaper article on the website. And it's almost word for word what I just told you. That is their exact story. Residualwhispers.blog. Yeah, and that was their exact story that got put in the newspaper about seeing this man, about him changing this form into the animal. And all five men and women had the exact same story. Um, So people think that they actually witnessed um, his manifestation, Kamapua, and it's all because they decided to bring that pork there. So let's not do that, everybody. Don't bring the poi. (laughs) Leave it for the luau. So two other well-known legends surrounding the Pele involve animals. There's the ghost dog legend, and you can read that full legend um, from a link that's on our blog. Um, I decided to just put the link because there is a really well-written um on an actual Hawaiian website, the story, the folklore, to the T, the whole tale of this ghost dog. And uh, long story short, it is said that seeing the ghost dog named Kapi? Kope? Kapi. Kapi is a bad omen spelling disaster, and that if you see him, you won't make it safely to the other side of the pass. There's also the legend of the, how do you say this one, Brian? Mo'owahin? That's Mo'owahini. So, uh, from what I understand, that mo'o is Wahine. lizard. Mm-hmm. So, mo'o is lizard, and so this is a lizard goddess um, who inhabits the Pele, and she takes the form of a beautiful woman, leading male travelers off of the cliff to their deaths. 
So if you if you encounter any of these gods and goddesses up there, it's going to be a bad time. They're trying to protect their land. They're keeping an eye over it. And if you're up there doing something you shouldn't and you run into one of them, it's going to be a bad time. And if you ain't Hawaiian, <laughs> you dead. You're going to have a bad time. Okay? You dying. <laughs> so very, very interesting. Um, so those are some of the main uh, lores up there. The ghost dog, the goddesses, the god. Um the lizard woman it's very interesting so over its many years there's also been numerous reports of horse accidents car crashes suicides and murders on nuuanu Pali. Mm -hmm. in november 1874 a man named naho and his animals were killed during a rock slide and in 1897 during the road construction a man named kilauea was killed by an unexpected blast, leaving behind his wife and very young baby. Um, so there's like accidents that happen up there all the time. People died during the construction of the road. People commit suicide, unfortunately, up there. And there's even been murders and bodies that have been found. Nuwana is not to be disturbed. Yeah. So um, there's a lot that goes up there, and a lot of reason to believe that there is some spiritual and paranormal activity going on. But get ready for this, guys. So perhaps the most spine chilling legend is that of the night marchers the spirits of ancient hawaiian warriors it's said that a procession of these spirits can be seen marching on the pali and through the valley on nights when the conditions are right and the moon is full they carry torches at times and the sound of drums and the poo or the conch cell can be heard along with the stomping of their feet so these are signs that the night marchers are coming towards you the smell of sulfur has also been reported if you are witness to any of these signs, it is recommended that you quickly disappear or forfeit your life to the ghost army and literally join their march. If you're caught in their path, you best, your best bet is to lay with your head down, not daring to look until the procession is passed. So the big thing about the night marchers, guys, is you cannot look at them. Do not look at them. So natives say that you can also chant your... Okay, now this is a word that I definitely can't pronounce. Mo'aku awau? Or genealogy. So basically, it's uh, it, from what I understand, it's chanting your ancestors' names. And um, you, uh, based on a quote, hope that an ancestor is present in the procession and you will be claimed instead of killed. That was according to the website Mysteries of Hawaii, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Yes. Um, but yeah, so basically... You can lay down and chant your ancestors' names, and you hope that one of them is in that procession and goes, "Oh, hey, that's and my family!" Like, do they're all not good. look at them. Yeah, do not look at them. Don't at look all. at the night marchers. Um, so that website, uh, Mysteries of Hawaii, also says other sources say that one should strip naked and urinate, rubbing the liquid all over your body, in hopes that the night marchers find you disgusting and not right in the head. For those considered feeble-minded were thought to be touched by the gods and were often left alone to fend them for themselves. So you can lay down and cover your eyes or you can rub pee on your body. And see, that's a new one for me. <laughs> I have not heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I found that in a lot of sources. And um, even some of the experts I watch videos talking about the Paley and the history, like they referred to that as well. And I just find that really interesting. So um, yeah, the night marchers are pretty intense. And just to get kind of an understanding, Bri, from what I get to, this is not the only place that the night marchers roam. No. They roam all over the island. All and over. these are not the same spirits of the warriors who are pushed off the cliff. These are ancient warriors who basically would do these processions in the culture during their time that they were alive. 
as not only a ritual, but to protect the people of the villages and to basically keep watch, the night watchers, um, night marchers. And so, yeah, they have been seen all over Hawaii, and it's one of the biggest legends surrounding the islands, period. It's absolutely true. I So when I did live on Oahu, I was just outside of uh, Pearl Harbor, and where it's like, you know, the USS Arizona, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a peninsula on Oahu called Pearl City Peninsula or Pearl City Peninsula, whatever. But that's the kind of place like where it's like just off the coast mm-hmm. of Pearl Harbor and people see them marching they hear the drums they see the torches yeah i heard that like um there's like other soldiers from other battles that follow the main ancient night watchers they're like those who died in world war ii like just like all these different warriors and that's the whole point of the legend too is if you look at them if they catch you seeing them then you will become part of the procession and you will be forever trapped marching with the night marchers um, so there is a video on the blog that kind of explains this legend a little more and tells some spooky stories about encounters people have had with them. It's about 10 minutes long, so if you want to go check that out and learn more about the Night Marchers, definitely do so. Always. So it's also worth mentioning that it is believed a mythological race of dwarf people known as the Men- Menahun live in the Nu'uanu Valley. The Menahun. Yeah, and I read that like they're known as like skilled craft workers. They believe that um, they built a lot of like structures and like I don't know, they're just very skilled dwarf people that are A lot of locals and natives say it was kind of an original inspiration for the seven dwarfs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so um, they're very important to the Hawaiian folklore as well, and it's believed that many of them live in the peace and greenery of Nu'uanu Valley. So Lapaka Kapanui, who runs that Mysteries Lapaka Kapanui. <laughs> he runs that Mysteries of Hawaii website. Um, he is a native Hawaiian storyteller, author, actor, and even former professional wrestler who is now known as the paranormal investigator of Hawaii. When I was looking into just the hauntings of Hawaii, looking into the story, his name came up everywhere. He is known as the guy for telling this very spooky stories of Hawaiian folklore. He is our ghost whisperer of Hawaii. Exactly. He is the ghost adventures of Hawaii. And we love him. <laughs> so he's been investigating and sharing the stories of haunted locations around Hawaii for 25 years on his ghost tours. So according to him, people often hear their lesser known nicknames being called by the spirits of the Paley, making their encounters with the paranormal quite personal so like it it would be like a spirit calling a nickname that you've only only your mom calls you could you well, imagine hearing that in the and middle it's like of the night? what we were doing on the gold camp episode like what oh, i yeah there's so many similarities here it's very I've interesting literally heard his name mm-hmm. because he talked with a lisp it was very distinct and i just couldn't like like how mm-hmm. how Yes. So this uh, paranormal investigator who's the biggest one in Hawaii, he says that that's something known to happen there is you'll hear a nickname that no one really calls you um, being called, which is very chilling. And he says, quote, these spirits are a part of us and a part of a land that is dense with mana. The atmosphere of Old Paley Road is subtle and complex. Um, So 
mana is supernatural power, basically, kind of like mojo. Energy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he says that um, the mainland methods of paranormal investigation aren't as effective on the Hawaiian islands, in his opinion. Nope. Because you're dealing with a whole different type of spirit. Um, so it's this very like Catholicism. This is Hawaiian warrior ancient culture yeah exactly so he says that you can't just go there with your evps and your digital recorders and hope to have really good results they interact with you in different ways it's just a different situation exactly um so there is a video on the website as well about him talking about his own experiences at the nu'uanu paleo lookout and one of the interesting things is he has this photo of uh a man and I believe himself walking over the lookout and the man's carrying pork. They were testing this theory. The poi. And um, there's like this green mist underneath the pork that they say is unexplainable. Which is not Ono. <laughs> so very interesting. Um, he kind of tells some of his own experiences and his beliefs. Um, so it's worth checking out because he tries to tell these stories in the most honorable way possible, which is really awesome. Um, so apparently there have also been reports of an old woman in a white dress wandering the road looking for a ride. Um, so cool, cool thing. I found this video from the Honolulu Police Department. And yes. the Honolulu Police Department, remember this, the road, the other side of the road connects to, to Honolulu. And so they actually have videos of their own paranormal experiences recorded and posted on their YouTube. So what a cool police department. <laughs> um, it really is. So they are the ones who go and close up the gates at the at the oh, paleo yeah. at night. Yep. And so they actually have a video up about an officer who had an experience with this woman in white on the paleo. And this video is only a little less than five minutes. And Brian has not seen it yet. I have not. So I'm going to go ahead and just play it for you guys now. Let's do it. So about 18 years ago, when I first started, um, I was assigned to District 5, Kalihi, and one of my beat partners told me the most eeriest story, um, something that happened to her at the Pali Lookout. Mm. So one of the things that we have to do in District 5 is make checks of the Pali Lookout mm. and Pali Highway. Also at nighttime, we have to go up there and lock both gates. So at that time, my, my beat partner was a blue and white driver. She was still a rookie. She said she was she had to she was assigned to close the poly gates that night. And most officers they don't like to go and they don't like to you know close the gates because it's so dark up there. Hey, for good reason. She said she pulled into the first gate. She locked that one and she she got back in her car and she drove going towards into the poly lookout. But as she drove in, she saw something white. She remembered stories where officers would get into accidents because, you know, they drive past this white figure. So she drove closer, and as she got closer, it appeared to be uh, a lady wearing a white dress. She was like, oh, I better stop and ask to see if she's okay. So when she pulled up, and she started rolling down her window, but as she turned out and looked out the window to start asking the lady why she was there, she felt this eerie feeling in the blue and white. And that's when she looked in the rearview mirror and she realized the lady was sitting in the backseat of the blue and white. I remember her telling me that her um, grandmother always told her if you do encounter 
any kind of spirit or anything, you need to stay calm and you need to talk to the spirit. Right. So as well, she is driving, she's in the back seat. She kept talking to the lady. Oh, what are you doing out here, Auntie? Here in Hawaii, we would call someone who's either older than us or, um, you know, especially we don't know their name. We would call them, oh, auntie, do you need help with something? Oh, auntie, you need something from the store? We refer to them, and it's kind of respectful in that way. So to stay calm, she kept talking to the lady. And the whole time, the lady sat there, said nothing, and was looking at When she got to the second gate, she got out, quickly closed that gate, and, you know, she, she knew that that spirit was still in the back seat. So she got back in and she, she, she continued to talk to the person. You know, oh, I don't have anything to offer you right now. I'm just doing my job. You know, I have to lock the gates. I have to drive around. And I do have to go through the tunnels. But, you know, I cannot take you all the way to Kaliohi, to Kailua, because that's out of my district. But, you know, um, I want you to be safe. And she, she kind of told that to the spirit. And the whole time, the lady sat there, said nothing, and was looking down. So as she was driving down, she went through the tunnels, and she just felt this overwhelming peace. You know, she just felt at peace. And then she, she looked up into the rearview mirror, and she noticed that the lady was gone. So apparently this figure in white, this lady looking for a ride, is seen quite often there. And I find that interesting because that's a pretty popular urban legend to see the lady on the side of the road who appears in your back seat. But I love that this comes from the Honolulu Police Department. And so definitely shout out to them for sharing their story. Shout out to HPD. Yes, super interesting that they would have you know, that they would share that they had these kind of encounters. And so there's not only the night marchers up there, but we've got the Menahun and the gods and goddesses that keep a watch over the area, the spirits of the 800 warriors who passed away. And um, yeah, so a lot of these stories are just passed down from generation to generation. And these are Hawaiian folk tales, y'all. Absolutely. And it's really cool. But just like that newspaper article we saw, there's a lot of people who just in the last, you know, century or so have been documented with these strange experiences and kind of magical occurrences that they have witnessed up there. That is it for the Nu'uanu Pali Lookout, probably the most beautiful and culturally rich location we've covered this far. While most of the supernatural activity reported here is the stuff of lore and legend, many people have had ghostly and magical encounters while in Nu'uanu Valley, including locals who swear by their experiences and the experiences of family members who have passed down the stories of this sacred location for many generations. If you're ever visiting Nu'uanu Pali, remember to treat the area and the spirits with the utmost respect and keep a sharp ear out for the pounding drums and haunting sounds of the conch shell to avoid being caught in the path of the night marchers. You better not be caught in their crosshairs. <laughs> so as we said at the beginning, this is a much different episode than we usually go into. There's not a whole ton of super documented evidence, but altogether it's still a really beautiful story. And I wouldn't be caught playing around up there. I don't know. I believe in Never. it. So <laughs> Never. So thank you so much, Brian, for suggesting this location. It's been a really fun one and a nice cool off from the heaviness of the Lizzie Borden house. Um, and this has just been really awesome. And, and the Hawaiian culture is just so amazing, so beautiful. 
And uh, it's just really interesting to get into these legends. I'd never really learned anything about them before. And that's why I always say, hey, hey, como me. Welcome in Hawaiian. <laughs> so um, if you have visited Nu'uanu Pali Lookout or have a story of the night watchers, we would, or night marchers, sorry, we would love to hear your tales. Um, we would also love to hear your comments and anything that you have to say about this post on our Instagram or Facebook page. And you can always send us an email at residualwhispers at gmail.com. Gmail.com. So as usual, I am your host, Sky. And I am your co-host, Brian. And remember, if it feels like there's somebody there, there probably is. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Residual Whispers community. This podcast was created, written, and hosted by Skylar Daniels, co-hosted by Brian Grace, and edited and produced by Michael Liddell. You can check out all evidence, photos, and stories at residualwhispers.blog. You can contact us with your own paranormal stories, comments, or questions by sending an email to residualwhispers at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you followed us on Instagram at residualwhispersblog and help us grow by subscribing to the blog to receive notifications every time we post. We hope you enjoyed listening and we can't wait to share our next paranormal story with you.